Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. There's a term that they use in the sports world, and it's, it's an acronym, actually. It's GOAT, and it stands for greatest of all time. Let's appropriate it for our own little review here of the greatest fish inventions of all time. That's the topic I want to talk about today. Now, our hobby's undergone numerous changes over the generations. Technology, technique, education, and experience have all impacted the way we play with tropical fishes. Things change rapidly, and the equipment we use today has changed with the times as well. Sadly, some has even disappeared. Yet, there are still some pieces of equipment that have defied the progression. They've evolved a bit, but they haven't fundamentally changed all that much. Because they work. Yeah, we still embrace low-tech wonders from the past that have transformed our hobby while transcending time and even defying modern technology. Clever, crafty, defiant, and yet useful things that are still the literal tools of the trade. Look, a chef has his knives, a carpenter has his tools, we have these beauties. And here's my tribute to the simple, elegant stuff. Where would the modern aquarium hobby be without stuff like, start with this one, the nylon fishnet. Like, seriously, how else do you catch a damn fish? The concept's been around for millennia. The kind, you know, we use may have changed a bit, but the idea's unchanged since like biblical times, right? I mean, there was a time in the hobby many, many years ago when you could, all you could get were like these cotton fishnets with really shitty metal handles that rusted out quickly. Nasty, icky, musty fishnets were somewhat common. Yes, the nylon fishnet predates most of us, but it's just one of those things we take for granted as having always been around. Like frozen bloodworms and decapsulated brine shrimp eggs. It was a huge advancement. Now, ironically, the wood frame nets are considered better quality than the twisted coated wire ones that were so prevalent. And then there's plastic ones too. You know, technology marches on. Yet, in my humble opinion, low-tech rules. The newer ones that are supposedly capable of blending in the water so that fish don't see them seem like a good idea to me, but I don't think I've ever heard of a time when a fish didn't see the net. It's coming after them, nylon, plastic, or otherwise. Well, thank goodness for, you know, quality fish nets regardless, right? Now, next one on my hit list would be plastic airline tubing. This stuff is like the duct tape of aquarium keeping. I mean, who among us doesn't have a few feet of this stuff lying around somewhere? Answer, no one. I mean, yeah, lots of hobbyists use it for pumping air into their aquariums, but it's so much more versatile. We use it for things like creating drip acclimation lines. You know, hardcore users start a little siphon and then tie it with a knot uh, to uh, start a slow, you know, slow drip. Etc. Etc. We even use it when we don't have an air pump. I've seen it used for tying stuff together, making extensions on plastic syringes to act as an improvised target feeding device, or many other uses. A serious invention that stood the test of time. Oh yeah, and you can get it in silicone now. You know, the culinary world has flour. We have airline tubing. Yes, we do. And then what about going hand in hand with that? What about the air stone? Wooden, ceramic, or plastic, this invention dates back to the 1940s or 1950s, and it's been a fixture in the hobby to this day. 
This humble piece of technology, simple though it may be, is a cornerstone of modern aquaristic practice, an easy, elegant way to deliver aeration into an aquarium. It's been used for many decades with reliable efficiency. Sure, some of the plastic and wooden you know, stones are prone to clogging from time to time, but the ceramic ones, which have changed very little in like, like half a century or more, are pretty damn reliable. Whether you're using them to aerate a tank, hatch brine shrimp, power a protein skimmer, provide aeration in a temporary holding container, the airstone is without peer in the world of aquarium supplies. Be it ever so humble, the airstone transformed the hobby, and it still does. And then there's my other favorite, the plastic specimen container. Oh my God, this is like the standard issue piece of fish equipment. This is the ultimate in resistance to evolution too, when you think about it. It's transcended everything from goldfish keeping to reef keeping. You'll find specimen containers being used at every level of the hobby all over the world. I've used them to acclimate corals, treat sick fishes, hold baby guppies, hatch brine shrimp, mix salt, thaw out food, hatch killifish eggs. I mean, there's hardly a fish room task that this decidedly low-tech specimen container is not up for. I mean, it's a fucking plastic box, right? Yet the damn thing is totally future-proof too, isn't it? Question, how does the plastic box to hold water ever become obsolete? Answer, it can't. I don't think the design has changed in like 50 years or more. It's used for everything. I remember an early reef experiment when I directed you know, water flow in from one of my reef tanks and put an old light fixture above it, grew some calerpa inside, which is a macroalgae, along with some sand, I don't recall why, some snails, and then I let the water flow back into my reef. It was like 1985, and it was my crude attempt at an algae scrubber, or perhaps, maybe, I was the one who invented the modern refugium. Yep, that's it. I'm a visionary, and it was because of a plastic box. Okay, in my head anyway. The modern refugium concept actually predated my crude idea by years, but a guy can have his dreams, right? And it all started with this humble device. Is the specimen container the greatest aquarium hobby invention of all time? I think there's a really strong case to be made for this. Don't you dare call it a plastic box because it can be whatever you want. It's a foundation for dreams even. This is high-tech stuff at its finest or low-tech stuff at its finest, I guess. Oh, and then there's the algae scraper. Whoa, freshwater, saltwater, brackish, whatever. Hobbyists of every age, every experience group, and every generation have come to hate algae on the sides of our aquariums. It's a nemesis like no other, defying our, our efforts and defiling our tanks, frustrating us and causing hobby havoc. I know people that literally left the aquarium hobby because of algae. It's hated stuff in our world, a constant battle many of us must fight, right? We needed a weapon, and the hobby gobs obliged us. Along came the algae scraper, and the battle was joined. Originally, it was just a piece of sponge on a stick, but then the algae scraper evolved radically from a humble stone axe to a high-tech stainless steel synthetic wonder weapon. You have plastic scraping blades for acrylic, interchangeable razors, dense matrix synthetic plastics, and other types of scrapers of varying composition and effectiveness. We have some ergonomic plastic handles, replaceable scraping surfaces, all kinds of stuff. And then we had the ultimate evolution to the algae cleaning magnet. Equipped with replaceable high-tech neodymium magnets, synthetic pads to polish both your outside surfaces while attacking the inside, and all while keeping your hand dry. You can hold a beer in one hand and scrape algae with the other. Is that progress or what? The stick may be gone, but the goal is the same, cleaning the viewing area without getting our hands wet. So there's just the scantest few and the most simple and just a few of the most humble yet useful aquarium tools of all time. I could literally go on for hours. Don't even tempt me because I will. 
Sure, we have sophisticated electronic controllers, super smart Bluetooth-enabled LED lighting systems, high-tech DC pumps, dosers, and all kinds of complicated gadgets, many of which I couldn't even figure out how to use, let alone get out of the box. And progress can be scary, right? However, these simple throwbacks derived from need and function comprise part of the legacy of our hobby's greatest generation, that time when if you needed something fast, you'd cobble it together because there was no Amazon, no online vendors, or Google. Can you imagine having to DIY stuff? Well, wait, we still do. That hasn't changed. The only difference is that these things end up in our Facebook newsfeed. You know, like, look, I repurposed my toothbrush into a protein skimmer cleaner and all that kind of stuff. So the culture has changed, but the need hasn't. Okay, I'm really going on and on here, but that's kind of my style, isn't it? Anyway, I submit to you that few, if any, aquarium writers of my generation or of any generation really have written columns or done whole podcasts heaping adulation on plastic specimen containers and the joys of airline tubing and threw together a piece on these subjects at even 5.30 a.m. in the morning. I opened myself up to the scrutiny of my peers for my choices. Shit, this makes espousing stuff like Blackwater Aquariums feel like child's play. And I challenge you to add to my humble tribute list here. What humble generation spawning aquarium invent spawning generation spanning <laughs> that's how it come it's early, right? What generation spanning aquarium items and inventions do you find it disposable and still relevant? I don't know. I wanna know though. Don't be shy. This is the chance to wax poetic about all this crazy stuff to you know talk about relics from a gentler, kinder time when frozen foods still got freezer burn, everyone was awestruck by that Greenieheim tubing, and there was only one choice for water testing, you know, like the pool test kit. We owe it to these devices to pay them tribute. Hell, we owe it to our children to pass this tribal knowledge on so that future generations of hobbyists can appreciate the efforts of the nameless hobbyists who helped build our culture. Okay, that was pretty poetic and typical Fellman style. So anyway, just share me, share with me the ideas and you know, that you have in your head. What gadgets from the past do you still use? Simple extra points for pics of old repurposed gear too, because that's always cool to see. As always, look at the past with pride, look at the future with hope, and look at the present on your iPad. <laughs> stay reflective, stay innovative, stay creative, stay grateful, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Thelman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next, perhaps more meaningful, installment of the tin.